15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We commemorate the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. The tradition goes back to the 4th century when Helena, mother of Constantine the Emperor, who had already by that point decreed Christianity as a, a state religion through the Edict of Toleration, meaning that everyone can practice their own faiths, um, had, went on a journey to Jerusalem in search of the cross upon which Jesus was crucified. Through excavation, she came upon a building, and in that underneath that building were three crosses. We don't know the accuracy, historicity of the story, but one of those crosses was the cross that Jesus was buried on, was crucified on. Now, we don't know if the cross was a beam or what we normally look at as a cross. When she picked it up, she processed it around, looking, uh, just trying to examine it. A funeral cortege was going by, and the shadow of the cross that she was holding fell on the dead person, and the person came back to life. And that was her proof that that cross was the cross of Christ. She built a church that later on was knocked down by terrorists, the, the church was rebuilt in the 6th century, knocked down again by terrorists, and then eventually the church that stands there now, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, commemorates the location of the founding of the True Cross and possibly the location of the sepulchre slash Golgotha. Okay, that's the little bit of the history. We're, we're Christians. We believe in the Incarnation, and the Incarnation is that Jesus Christ, as God, became man. He took on human flesh. When we look at our faith, I think we have to look at it from both perspectives, from the historic, flesh-oriented, human perspective, and the spiritual, grace-filled, divine perspective. So when we look at a story like this, we realize what the human goal was of Helena to find the, the physical thing upon which Christ died. Right now, by the way, that is in Rome. There's a big cross beam in Rome in a church that was built for it, the Church of Jerusalem in Rome, Jerusalem in Roma. And People go up to see the cross and the, the, the relics of the cross on their knees, on the steps. The steps also were brought over from Jerusalem 
and the steps were supposedly the steps that Jesus walked going to Pilate's palace. Okay, so you like, you got, we have all that little history stuff here. Again, are we scientists? No. Were those accurately, definitely uh, proven to be the steps and the wood? No. We venerate them. We hold them up. They go back to the human and the divine in all of us. So Jesus comes on the scene, and, and that human and divine issue is very, very important. It even is touched upon in the Old Testament reading today when the, Moses and, is leading the people through the desert. They're complaining. Then the seraph, serpents come, and they bite them, and God tells Moses, raise up a bronze serpent. Whoever looks on the bronze serpent will be healed. It's kind of... Um, combination of Greek and um, other pagan mythologies holding up the serpent. The serpent was goes back into ancient history and the, the, uh, the Greeks and the Mycenaeans used serpents in their worship, their, their physical serpents, uh, these bronze or plaster serpents in their worship as symbols of divinity. So we're looking back to Moses and he takes something very normal to the society of the day, the serpent. And he raises it up with a new idea. Now you're looking at the artificial God, the serpent. You're looking at the thing of the, of the world, the serpent, through the eyes of faith. And God tells Moses, whoever looks on the seraph serpent made of bronze will be healed. And that's the story. They're healed. I wasn't there, so I don't know the details. So, okay. But the combination of humanity and, and grace come together, even there. With faith, we look upon the seraph, not we, people of ancient Israel, look upon the seraph and are healed. Come forward, and we have Jesus being approached by Nicodemus, trying to figure out, what are you all about? And Jesus is little by little enlightening Nicodemus, who comes to him at night, by the way, and Jesus is enlightening him with the fact that the Son of Man came from heaven. No one knows the Son of Man except the Father. He came from heaven so that he could bring people to heaven. And the only way the Son of Man will unlock the mystery, you might say, for people, humanity, is that they gaze upon the Son of Man raised up, like the seraph serpent was raised up. Now we have divinity and humanity summarized in the incarnation in Jesus. So Jesus is telling Nicodemus, he himself is the Son of Man, unless I'm raised up. Now, what does that mean? Because did Jesus know he was going to be crucified? Probably not. Crucifixion was common in the, in the Roman Empire, and of course Jerusalem was occupied by Roman Empire. He could have. But being raised up was the key. The Son of Man, human, Son of Man, divine, being raised up and looking upon the Son of Man, whether he was on the cross or resurrected or on Ascension Thursday, we're going to be saved.
by looking at it. Just a glance? No. Following the Son of Man. Following the whole mystery of the Incarnation. Following the fact that God intervened in human nature. Now, some people do not believe in Jesus, don't, don't believe in God in the flesh, but we as Christians have a great appreciation for the humanity of Jesus as well as the spiritual and divinity of Jesus. And because of that, through our human lives, we can be saved. Through our human lives, Jesus reaches out to us and gives us a direction going to the Father. Go back to the desert. The, the mundane snakes bit the people who were hurt, and God intervenes with Moses and tells the people, gaze on this serpent that Moses is raising up, and you'll be healed. Go back to life, daily life. How are we saved? There are a lot of serpents in our world. Greed, prejudice, jealousy, hate, many serpents in our world that capture our humanity. Because Jesus became human, he's raised our humanity to a great potential. In our humanity, if we choose to say yes to the grace of Jesus Christ, to say yes to our faith in Jesus Christ, and follow him, even though we're human and we've been bitten by the world, you might say, Jesus, who became human so that we could become divine, can save us. I hope you followed all that. It's the mystery of the incarnation and the cross. The fact that the exaltation of the cross is celebrated today in commemoration of St. Helena and her discoveries of the wood of the cross gives us a reason to look at this horrible picture. A dead, bloody, beat-up body on a piece of wood. Jesus Christ. He gives us himself, absorbs and, and takes on total humanity so that through our own lives we can sort it all out and realize he's graced us with divinity. He's graced us with hope. He's graced us with the ability to exalt him in our lives. As we pray, just currently, for all the victims of the various hurricanes that we've had recently, as we pray and hopefully do something about those victims through charity, as we pray and we look at all of those victims and any of our own sufferings, our family illnesses, our marital illnesses, realize that we are absorbing all of that through our humanity, but we've been saved through the humanity and divinity of Jesus Christ. So we can get all of our own pains and the pains of humanity and put them before the cross and realize in faith they'll be exalted. In faith, Christ will be with us and give us the strength through the illnesses and the disasters to achieve glory. Through love, through charity, through following Jesus Christ, the Son of God.
Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. In the U.S. Army, you can make a choice to make your mark. With over 200 fields to choose from, you can join forces with us and take on anything. Visit GoArmy.com to answer, what's your warrior? 